This episode is presented by Fleet Feet. Where we're going, I would never, <laughs> never live this far out. Um, I've never been there, but it just does not seem like a place that I would feel comfortable, so I'm excited to check it out. My name is Allison Mariella Desir, and this is Out and Back, a podcast exploring how Black, Indigenous, and other people of color are reclaiming space in the outdoors. Each episode, you'll hear their stories, and we'll get outside with them in their element. We're ending the season in Leavenworth, Washington, with Chelsea Murphy, aka She Colors Nature, and her two daughters. Chelsea will tell you all about her journey to reclaim the outdoors for herself, her daughters, and for BIPOC women. But first, here's a little of the history that continues to make Black women feel unwelcome and unsafe outdoors. First, there's the traumatic association between forests, trees, and decades of terror and lynching for Black Americans. Second, until the mid-20th century, Jim Crow segregation ruled the outdoors. Restrooms, campsites, dining areas, all frequently had white-only signs. And third, Black people could experience violence and intimidation even where there wasn't legal exclusion. That is why, from 1936 through 1966, a former U.S. Postal Service employee from Harlem named Victor Hugo Green published the Negro Motorist Green Book, which provided detailed information on places Black travelers would be welcomed. Finally, to this day, the outdoor industry is largely represented as white, male, and straight, which is why we need people like Chelsea Murphy. If you want to see Chelsea, her daughters, and I having our talk and adventure, check out our video series. There's a link to it in the show notes, or you can find it at crosscut.com video. So we are here in Leavenworth. What brings a black person to this town? We moved here after my daughter was born. My husband grew up in Leavenworth and we met over in Tacoma where I grew up. And when I, when he told me that he grew up in Leavenworth, I had no idea what that was. And so when I came here for the first time to visit uh, with him just to meet his parents, it was pretty shocking. I had never been in such a, a place that was so submerged by greenery, mountains and mm. forests and green spaces. And a couple of years later, you know, we had our daughter, Sienna, and um, it was presented to us, obviously, to move back here and be closer to his family. Mm. And I said, yes. Um, Leavenworth has been a really love-hate relationship for me. Right. Um, so it's been a journey. I've been here nine years now. Mm. Um, at first, it was very much like this big journey of just like finding myself and finding my place um, and a lot of that really brought me to the outdoors because mm -hmm. that's what Leavenworth is. It's this place uh, where the Columbia River and the Icicle River all flow together. It's mm -hmm. a place where you see 360 degree mountains everywhere. Um, you can walk out your front door and be literally in the middle of the forest in like mm -hmm. 10 minutes. Um, it's got all four seasons. Um, but it also has this really quirky Bavarian theme in the downtown area <laughs> yes. that really deters most people. Um, 
Oh, I should say most black people. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. You said, you know, that this was the most green space you've yeah. been in, mm -hmm. um, but also a very white space, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm curious about that, what it's like being one of the only in this yeah. space. I grew up in a lot of really largely white spaces, and so navigating that has never really been um, something that I stopped to, like, really think about. And so Leavenworth in a sense, felt like home. I started hiking and figured, you know, like if I'm going to live here and if that's what people do here, then maybe <laughs> I should like see what all the hype is about. Did you think of yourself as an outdoors person? I never thought of myself as an outdoorsy person. I mm. never, that was never even a part of my vocabulary until mm. like recent years. My mom would say that I was a modern day hippie. So like, I just loved being barefoot outside. And I never had any fancy gear or fancy shoes or anything like that. But I always had this like, this inherent love for nature and the natural wor world. Mm. Um, and also just this idea of um, reciprocity and that mm. like, we are all a part of nature somehow but I could never actually like name that, you know, when I was a kid or a young adult, I never yeah. named that. That's so interesting because despite being like very outdoorsy, yeah. it was not an identity that you tapped into. And I'm wondering, because I see the outdoors really being very like commodified as this one thing, as epic adventure, as like white dudes scaling mountains, like yeah. was that sort of? what outdoors was to you? Yeah, yeah, I definitely recognize like outdoors and the outdoorsy people as like white families, mm. right? That visited um, campsites and went fishing with their families all the time. Like it was just like a consistent way of life, right? Mm. And I think that a lot of the times when I did go and do those things, I did those things with my white families, mm. my friends. And so that's where I always let my brain drift to. Mm. It like, wasn't yours. Yeah, no, it wasn't mm. mine. And it wasn't things that I was doing with my family very often. It mm. didn't happen consistently. But yeah, I think living in Leavenworth definitely has transformed myself and my uh, just ways of thinking and existing in those spaces. Mm. What set it off, right? Like you went on a hike, was it like one particular moment that you were like, oh, wait a second. I want to say that it was a little bit of both. Like there definitely was one particular hike that I remember uh, going on with a girlfriend of mine. It was hot, I saw rattlesnakes, like there was so much of it that was just like, this is not me, like this is not what my people do. Like I, I don't hang a lot around a lot of black people, but I know they're not doing this. Like this is not what we do. But it was- We just, know better. Yeah, exactly. But there was something about that hike and all of the hikes that followed that were just like, I mean, you've even said it before, like when you see me outside, I'm just like this big kid, right? Yeah. Like it, there's so much childlike joy that comes up for me um, mm. that I can't deny. So yeah, it was just like another stepping stone saying like, okay, this is your path, you mm. know, here's a hike that you can try that's five minutes from your house. You can do it and it's only gonna get easier as you go about your uh, postpartum journey and so this can be like something for me that is um, just much more of this like explorative mm. journey where it's just like there's really no wrong way to do this like there can't be especially when you dumb it down to just like walking in nature <laughs> right like it, is, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be any more than that 
I can go as far or not as I want, mm. you know, I can go with who I want, I can have mm. as, um, feeling really, in control, yeah. which after being pregnant, mm. there's nothing, nothing more than mine. you want. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where your body is not yours. Mm. Like your emotions are not yours. Your hormones are not yours. Mm. Like all of your energy that you, you know, work so hard to, to balance out and maintain those are not yours anymore, mm. you know? And so just like Leavenworth was in my face, you know, nine years later, I can honestly say like, I, there's no place else that I would rather be. Mm. Like it is, yeah, my anxiety comes back. Like mm. all these like I, anxiety I and like that. weird feelings when I'm in city settings where I'm like so far removed from the forest and green spaces where I'm just like in mm. this like concrete, there's too mm. much concrete, right? Mm -hmm. Too many fences and, for some reason that brings up some ang anxiousness in mm. myself now where I never had that. Like growing right. up in Tacoma, those things were never true about me before. Yeah. You, you know, you said something and we both laughed and it's because it's uh, something that black people say and we know what we're referencing, but it's like this idea that black people don't go to the outdoors, black people don't do this. I'm curious how that has informed your relationship with the outdoors, yeah. all of these like things we tell ourselves after having kids, that is the last thing I wanted for them mm. to grow up in a place that I put them in, right? Mm. In Leavenworth. And then I'm saying, and, and telling them, you know, well, black people don't hike or mm. black people don't swim or black people don't fish or black people don't snowboard. You know, mm. the list goes on and on and on. Mm. Um, it just never felt appropriate, like mm. perpetuating those stereotypes that mm. were placed on me mm. um, that I never really understood fully, mm. right? But, mm. you know, now recognized to be something that was, it's very historical. Mm -hmm. You know, it goes way back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the generational trauma. And um, even like a few years of living here and bringing my parents here and bringing my mom on hikes and like mm. camp trips and different things. Um, and then allowing that to kind of like the stories that she tells when she's outdoors with us of like mm. her childhood and the things that she remembers, like those wouldn't have come out anywhere else, right? Mm. Like around a dinner table or anything like that. I've mm. learned so much about her from just like going outside and doing things with her. Um, and my dad as well, like we went on a trip up in the mountains in, in the car and I think he was really anxious going up and we went, you know, we went to the top and at the very top we all got out and just like walked around. It was me and my dad and my girls and uh, we found this log to like sit down and overlook into the mountains. and. All of a sudden he just starts opening up to me about like his childhood in Mississippi and how like he mm. actually did grow up in really country setting where he mm. was like in the mountains a lot and like backcountry woods and like farming with his great his grandpa and like mm. just all of these things where I had never heard. I'm like, who mm. is this guy? You know? Mm. And then on our way down, he's like, I really appreciate you bringing me here. Like I didn't realize how much I hadn't told you yet about how similar of a lifestyle you're giving your kids, mm. you know, and then just admittedly saying like, there's a lot of trauma for him um, that he just doesn't like to, to bring up, but it felt really natural for him to be in the back country. Um, I was gonna say, what do you yeah. think it is about the nature, about the outdoors mm -hmm. that like really is evocative, you know? We are nature mm -hmm. and I think that nature wants us to be there just as mm. much as we want to be with nature ultimately like there's something so um 
juvenile, mm. right? That we all go back to and we mm. all can just like remember certain things, whether that's a, a memory or a smell or an opportunity. Um, there's just something that really just lets all the walls fall down. There is just no filter for mm. people in nature. Like there mm. are just so many things that come up for us. Mm. I know I've had like big cries on my like trail runs that I go mm. on where it's just like, I, was, I don't think I was feeling this five minutes ago, you know? There's so much more to the story, so keep listening. This episode is presented by Fleet Feet. Fleet Feet believes that running changes everything. We sell the shoes, apparel, and gear you need to get started. And we host fun runs, training groups, and events. Whether you're training for your first mile or your 50th marathon, we're here to run with you. Learn more at fleetfeet.com. My kids are mixed race, which brings a whole other aspect to parenting mm. and um, just raising them that I really probably don't even fully understand quite yet. Mm. Just their um, different identities and the ways that they will have to navigate between mm. identities, being mm -hmm. both black and white. Um, but again, just really working from day one to just slash all the biases and stereotypes that society puts on people. Just like understanding that it's okay to just be. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your kids. Yeah. I, I love that so much of the outdoors for you is tied to becoming a mother and wanting something better, something more joyful for your kids. Yeah, yeah. So my oldest mm. daughter, Sienna, um, she's nine now. Mm. And then, you know, four years later, having my second daughter, Etta, mm. and um, actually having a miscarriage in between the two mm. of them. And just like going through all of that and mm. like the journey of the really high highs and the really mm. low lows and just, um, allowing myself to connect with nature every time that I felt any of those high highs mm. or low lows. Um, but yeah, those, they are the reason why I have made my, my journey public mm. and have vocalized the things that I want to see change in the outdoor community and the outdoor industry because um, it's really important to me, you know, not only that we have a beautiful life in the mountains and can get outside whenever we want to and be welcomed in those spaces, but mm. like also extending that invitation to other black people, black mm. moms, black children who might not see themselves in those spaces. And because we've grown up in a space where like mountains and forests and valleys and lakes and all that have been really accessible. This is just what they this know. Is, this is all they know. Mm. Like when we, I mean, even my, my daughter's experienced it and, and expressed it before to me too. Like she gets that same like anxiety feeling when we're in the city. I heard your parenting style is very unique. <laughs> Tell me about how I you don't have a, I don't have a lot of mom friends. I really don't. I just feel like, I don't know. I think that there's just this level of like people who like to be outdoors and then it's like people who just like, I would rather be outdoors than indoors. Mm. And I think sometimes that that is the, the line where Maybe I've crossed it. Um, I'm on the other side of things. Like our kids have both been hiking since they were 
four months old, you know, mm. Etta a little sooner because I was a little more, um, I think, I don't even know the word. My, my husband would probably say risky um, with her, but I knew I knew my way around. I knew which hikes to go on, which ones were kid-friendly, which ones had phone service, like all of those mm. things. And so we went hiking. I mean, as soon as my body was like, let's mm. go do something, I was. she was on my back and we were getting outside. But they've both like been floating down the Icicle River when they were mm. six months old. We just like strapped them in a life jacket and we're just like, come wow. on, let's go do this wow. thing. And um, yeah, they both were on snowboards at like a year and a half you know as soon as they could walk we're like if you can walk you can snowboard for sure for sure at least we can try we'll put on a helmet and we'll see what happens right. my motto is like 30 minutes outside every day mm -hmm. depending on what season it is that determines like what we're doing outside mm -hmm. and like really just circling back to the way that I grew up is like understanding that like it's okay to just be outside, right? Mm. There is no one mm. holding this like standard of, of outdoorsy over your head. I just want them to recognize nature as like their second home. So much of, of my journey that's really intertwined in theirs. Mm. And it's a really beautiful thing, like understanding that we, my, myself, my husband, my daughters, like are all just happier outside. Mm. So it's like, why not go if we have access, right? right and right. that's just like what I want for more, more black people. And I know that a big part of your work is about normalizing black people, black women in the outdoors. Um, can you tell me more about that? You know, she colors nature. Like, where did this, where did this go, or when, when, and how did this go from like my your own personal experience to? work and something bigger. It wasn't until 2019, so at that point I had both Sienna and Etta, and Etta was almost two. Um, my, We were all on a family trip to Idaho, and I was just like in this space where I was just, just like, do I want to start talking about the things that we talk about, you know, behind closed doors in our families? Like how mm. there's just a huge lack of diversity in the outdoors. There's a huge lack of diversity and accountability in the outdoor industry. Like mm. we go into like certain outdoor stores and we just never see people who look like our family. Mm. Um, and just, yeah, recognizing that like, kind of the idea like if you want to read a certain book but you're not seeing that book written like you have to get up and get out and write it yourself mm. um and so yeah we were just kind of laughing like oh maybe we'll maybe we'll start a blog like what would we blog about you know like what would it look like and so it just so happened that on that trip I had time and mm. I was like I'm just gonna start talking about like how I grew up with this narrative that like black people don't hike but like here I am, like clearly, you know, hiking and doing all of these things and I know that I can't be the only one, right? That's mm. just like really a small chance to me. I just maybe mm. have not found those people yet, found that network. And so, yeah, I chose Instagram and I just started like posting about like the things that my family and I like to do and how I often feel like I'm the only one. Um, and just this stereotype of just like, you know, black people don't and like, you know, these mm. lists of like what black people don't do. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, I started getting, like, this, like, it was like a Me Too movement, mm. right? Like, I also am the only black girl in my mountain town, but I do love to snowboard, and I enjoy mm. hiking, and I fish all the time, and, like, all of these, like, 
really amazing and really rad men and women that were like, you're not alone. Like mm. we are out here. We just, you know, maybe don't have public Instagrams or like ways mm. to communicate with each other, right? There weren't a lot of organizations back in 2019 yeah. that were getting the, you know, the publicity that they needed to be able to get funding and more people involved and just like mm. this huge networking situation that happened. And so, um, yeah, I had this really like quaint community and this network of other black moms, um, women of color who are also just engaging with the outdoors and, and getting their children out and getting them involved as well. She Colors Nature, how did you come up with that? Um, kind of a play on words where, um, you know, thinking of like colored folk, right? That's mm. like something that we don't say anymore. We don't use that anymore, but almost just like taking that back mm. um, and like giving life and breathing power into that. So mm. that's where I was like, she colors nature. That's like a play on both that word and also, yeah, when I go outdoors, I literally feel like I am putting color into mm. nature and the outdoors where there isn't any. Like there's so much of Instagram and social media world that is completely toxic and mm. a space that um, there was a reason why I wasn't in that space for so long because yeah. like that's not where I thrive um, but recognizing that like in the world that we live in right now like that is Instagram is a huge tool right, right? is a tool for reaching people like we would have never connected I would have right. just been living in this mountain town doing our normal things and not reaching anyone I made this Instagram thinking like oh my gosh white people really just think that like black people don't like to get outdoors and then confirmed in 2020 mm. it's like oh my god you actually thought that we didn't like to be outside mm. like that was a huge like not only an awakening for for the industry but also for me because i was able to just kind of like vent what I think is so powerful is that it went from this very personal experience you had to then wanting to create community with other people like you to then shifting the industry and demanding equity, right? Yeah. So it's like this very organic but really powerful from just the personal to political, yeah. right? Yeah, um, and I think that comes from being one of the only, you know, mm. like a handful of people, um, not to say that there weren't others doing the work like that already and there were so many organizations that were trying trying to get their foot in the doors saying all of these things and mm -hmm. saying it very loudly but mm -hmm. until 2020 no one was being heard right mm. no one was being listened to no there were no invitations mm. to the table there was a huge gatekeeping situation that was mm. going on between like um black and brown communities and the white people who take up the, the table and the seats mm. behind all of the outdoor communities and industries that we see today. Mm. Um, I think the, the best thing that has happened in the last couple of years is seeing a lot of black and brown led organizations mm. come to the forefront, um, making it even more equitable for black and brown people to feel welcome in spaces that, mm. that exist. And um, yeah, lots of organizations. I mean, I can name so many, but mm. I, won't, I won't do that to you guys. <laughs> Tell me about Expedition Reclamation. What, yeah. what, why, why that? Oh man, and it's, it's crazy like when I'm laying this all out like this for you because it really all happened at the same time. So mm. like 2000, end of 2019 was when um, Aaron Joy, so that's a, a filmmaker that lives here in Leavenworth. She grew up here in Leavenworth mm. and she um, 
is another white woman who just like you know before the awakening was woke right <laughs> like she came to me and was just like i recognize that i want to tell this story about um you know the need for more black and indigenous voices in the outdoor industry mm. um, but i recognize that maybe i shouldn't be the one to tell mm. that story and so she brought me along on the journey and i put out a call for characters on my instagram which mm. it's cool thinking now like if i hadn't have built that community first mm. expedition reclamation maybe not have, would not have had the reach that it had when we said hey calling all black indigenous women of color who love to get outside it wasn't like we need you to be like summiting mountains we need you right. to be like this epic skier we need you to be you know this unreachable black mm. person in the outdoors um it was like if you get outside like <laughs> i love hit that. us up right shoot us an email and we got this flood of of women back that were just like I think I get outside. Mm. Like I, I like to go, you know, in nature sometimes, and mm. I like to um, write poetry in nature, mm. and I like to um, use my indigenous knowledge to grow food in nature. And mm. it was just kind of this like come one, come all, mm. really beautiful moment. Because of COVID, we had to extend the invitation then only to people within Washington State. But that worked out really amazingly because you know as. Um, progressive as Washington claims to be like there is still so much work that can be done mm. um, within the white outdoor communities here mm. but yeah we just started dreaming up like what would it take to create um, a brave space for these women right mm. like um, it's one thing to have black and brown people in front of the camera but we need them behind the camera. Mm. And so we brought in another Indian American woman who was also a filmmaker out of, at the time she was in Utah. Mm. Um, and she lives in LA now, her name's Sanjana. And so it was me and Aaron and Sanjana and it was at the time 55 women who answered that call to characters. Mm. And then we got it down to about 12, including myself. And it really just became very clear that like, it wasn't just a film that needed you know, to come to the table mm. or stories that needed to be told, but it was more of like these women needed community mm. too, right? And so um, a lot of Expedition Reclamation, well, I'll say Expedition Reclamation has kind of been like the byproduct of this really awesome, really brave community that we've been building mm. and just like having that. So the that, film has been like a nice byproduct. Yeah, I yeah, because it did come way later, right? Mm. And so, yeah, I have been a co-producer and co-director on that project over the last couple of years mm. um, while also having my hand in She Colors Nature and just like, um, yeah, Expedition Reclamation is a film that weaves the stories of 12 different black indigenous and, and women of color. And so our stories are about, you know, liberation and reclamation and finding belonging in the outdoors and just understanding that like there is no one way of getting outside. Mm. Um, and then that this, you know, word outdoorsy is really restricting and binding mm. um, us to a certain way of viewing like who gets outside. Right. and how they get outside, right? And how much money they make. Um, it's not your average outdoorsy mm. film, right? There's no like one main character doing this like really rad, stoke-worthy mm. thing. It's like all of these women hyping up each other and like a chorus of just like, we are here and we've been here, our ancestors have been here, mm. and it is like truly inherent in all of us to just be outside in whatever way possible. 
is, I guess that's what the reclamation, right? Re to reclaim something means that it's been ours, like we've been there. What does that title mean, expedition, reclamation, and how do you see yourself reclaiming space? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> expedition reclamation is a, both a tongue twister and <laughs> such, a, such a beautiful riddle because um, we took the word expedition, right? It's another one of those play on words. Like when you think of expeditions at their core, you're usually like tied to this like really colonial mm. um, like settler way of like taking and um, you know conquering and mm. um, we wanted to gentle that a little bit and really like take back that usage in a way that is a lot more um, you know focused around just this reciprocal way of reclaiming the outdoors um, um, this journey that we have all been on over the last, you know, however many years of just understanding our place in the outdoors. Mm. What does it mean for you to reclaim space in the outdoors? Um, so for me, I think that reclaiming space in the outdoors has a lot to do with just this idea that you belong somewhere. Mm. Um, it's a feeling, whether mm. that be physical or spiritual or emotional. Mm. Um, it's just understanding that at one time or another, like people that looked like you weren't capable of just existing in these spaces mm. and recognizing, you know, how far we've come and how much farther we can go. Mm. Um, yeah, and just really feeling like you are a part of that space. I love reclaiming is a feeling. Yeah, it mm. is a big feeling, right? Mm. A big feeling of just like really liberating to the point where it's just like, even if someone did try and tell me like, you don't belong here. Like mm. at this point in my journey, I would have a lot of words for that person. <laughs> right. That's what I think is most beautiful when I see you with your girls that they will grow up never having to doubt that they belong, never having to feel out of place. Yeah. You know, mm. that is my hopes for them is that they're very confused when they look back at my Instagram posts and that they they do think of them as like dated information, right? Mm. That they and their friends will never have to worry about like not belonging in a space or going on a journey of reclamation in the outdoors. Mm. That is just something that is and that our society and our outdoor industries and communities continue to build on the things that, you know, a lot of black and brown and indigenous people have started, you know, and just continue to keep doing better and keep understanding um, the ways that we can continue building on the things that have already been and yeah, make it so that there shouldn't need to be a she colors nature anymore, mm. right? That I'm out of a job at some point. <laughs> yeah. That would be the hopes for sure. After the interview, I took a hike with Chelsea and her daughters and we talked some more. Ski Hill. You want to show them around Ski Hill? Well, I actually know the way. Ski Hill's a maze. A little bit. Here we are. Okay, but can I lead the way? You want to lead the way? I'm going! <laughs> what is it like to share the outdoors with your children? Being with my kids outdoors is just a really big treat. You know, there's just something so special about being outside with them and getting to see them, you know, be their their fullest person, mm -hmm. right? Their fullest little girl. Um, and really just allowing them to 
create and be confident and be really intentional about you know the ways that they're moving their bodies and mm. it's just like a really free and liberating feeling as a mother to be able to see my little girls like and experience that through nature and the outdoors. I've never actually seen children move through nature the way your girls do like just completely in their own element and I think the other piece that's really unique is you are a woman, you're a woman of color alone with her children. Um, I mean, how do you, how did you find comfort in, in that? There was no question that if I wanted to do this thing, you know, I would have to do it by myself or with them, you know. I couldn't wait for anyone and oftentimes that's what it's like too, like when you're getting into hiking, right. you can't wait for your friend to want to do it. You can't mm. wait for your partner to want to do it. Oftentimes you just have to go out and you have to do it. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I think that I was warned about a lot of things too, you know, with my husband growing up here, like he did let me know about the bears and the mm. cougars and the things that I might run into. Um, some of the things I experienced on my own, um, a lot of it thankfully was without them running into bears and seeing rattlesnakes on the trail, like those mm. things have happened to me. Do you fear the one thing that you find out here that you haven't mentioned is other people? Do you fear other people <sighs> on the trail? Yeah, you know, I have had to have that be something that I sit aside. I really try and just make sure that like my faith is what stands out over my anxieties, over dangerous things. You know, there's enough barriers and um, you know, things stacked up against black women getting outdoors, especially mm. with, with kids and young girls. And so um, I try and just make sure that that's not what's on the forefront of my mind mm. and that I'm still getting outside um, and being mindful, but not letting that overtake me and saying like, you shouldn't come to these spaces because mm. of X, Y, and Z, but just saying, okay, we're gonna go to these spaces, but what might that look like for me? Mm. How do you fit in daily trips outdoors, like how do you make time for you getting outdoors, for your girls getting outdoors with all of the responsibilities that you have? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a dance <laughs> uh, most days. I think that, um, you know, like some people make going to the coffee shop every day a priority. Um, going hiking and, you know, taking that time outside is my priority, mm. right? And so whether that is, with my kids or with my husband or by myself, like at this point in our lives, it is a huge priority. Like sometimes like hiking for us is literally just like coming out here and sitting on a log and like right. calling it a day, you right. know, and having right. our snacks or our breakfast out in nature and like that is it, right? right? And oh, we hiked. We never have breakfast outside. <laughs> well, I do very, very, so often. What's a favorite moment that you've had with your girls in the outdoors? Gosh, I think that camping would probably be some of my favorite moments. Mm. Like, I think camping is something that gets us out of our normal just long enough to where we're all, you know, in our most natural state of being, mm. right? Where we're, we've been outdoors for a night or two and you know, we haven't heard any cars in a while and, you know, we just kind of lose sight of all the things that we've left behind mm -hmm. and things are just so much more fun when you're camping, right? Mm -hmm. Mom says yes to so many things that I probably wouldn't if we were <laughs> right. at home. And so everybody's happy when we're out camping.
What do you believe is the power of representation? It has the power to allow you to see yourself in a place where maybe you never dreamed of. Um, and I just feel like it opens so many doors. Did you ever imagine that this would be the life that you lead? If you would have told 20-year-old Chelsea that she would be, one, living in a mountain town, mm. two, living in a mountain town and sharing her like hiking experience publicly, um, she probably would have spit laughed on you and just walked away. It's in turn been incredible and had so many benefits for my daughters and opportunities for them and just like networking and creating this community for both them and myself. And then, you know, in the end, it's just like created this huge ripple effect. What would you say are the key obstacles that prevent black people from getting outdoors? It's definitely gear, your access and your proximity to nature. Um, and the third one, I think, would just be comfort. Mm. So feeling comfortable in those spaces and um, just like feeling like you can show up as your like, most authentic self in some place that feels very natural to you. Mm. Um, and I think for a lot of black and indigenous people, um, since we've been told for so long that like we don't do these things or we don't do this, these things in that way, mm. um, that we don't often feel comfortable showing up in the outdoors mm. um, or on a hike. Even if we've been invited, it takes a little bit more than just an invitation mm. to get someone to feel comfortable in a space. Your girls are joy personified. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you for they, that they love being outdoors. Um, we always say um, that there's, yeah, there's not one kind of black girl, right? Black is not a monolith and you know, black people are so expansive and we can be mixed girls, we can be black girls, we can be lovers of nature um, because it just really helps us be better stewards of the land and the places that we go to. And so hopefully, you know, my kids will have awesome places to hang out in in nature and their kids will have awesome places to hang out in in nature. We hope forever and ever. Yeah, forever and ever. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so thank you for having us. Thank you. Definitely. You girls want to say? Thanks to Miss Allison. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to continue adventuring with me and dive deeper into this story, check out the show notes. There, you'll find links to the video series and an article I wrote about the themes of this episode. This podcast is hosted and reported by Allison Mariella Desir. That's me. My producer is Brooklyn Jamerson Flowers. The executive producer is Mark Baumgarten. Audio production from Bryce Y. Adolfson and Sarah E. Hall. And audio support from Rusty Bogal and Seth Halloran. You can subscribe to Out and Back wherever you listen. And if you like the show, please review us. It helps create excitement around a new show. And if you'd like to support the work we do at CrossCut, go to crosscut.com slash membership. In addition to supporting our journalism, members receive complete access to on-demand programming from KCTS 9, Seattle's PBS station. For the latest political, environmental, and culture news from the Pacific Northwest, visit crosscut.com. Out and Back is a product of Cascade Public Media. And that's a wrap on season one. Thanks so much for going on this adventure with me.